What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo Podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. I am here with my sis, Ariana. Introduce yourself to the people. Who is Ariana? Hi. Um, I'm Ariana. Um, I am a student at North Carolina A&T State University, um, a senior ready to graduate. Um, I'm also a fashion stylist and someone who just loves the Lord. <laughs> someone, someone who just loves the Lord. Loves the Lord. <laughs> Ain't nothing like that. Amen. I know that's right. Bless him. In Jesus' name. Hi. Uh, <laughs> so we we decided to do this podcast because this is a very interesting topic. Um this is my first time, I guess, ever like being in communication with someone that this has occurred with. But we're going to be talking about like reconciliation and like handling conflict with fellow believers. And it could definitely flow into different conversation around that topic. But it's going to be mainly with that. So with Ariana and I, it started off with Instagram. Yeah. Like we had we had um, a bit of a scuffle on uh, Instagram and basically I posted something about um, I basically posted something similar to the idea of oh yeah chasing your dreams is not you know God's will for your life it's not about chasing your dreams and you said that if you chase your dreams it's fine as long as God is in it Um, if it's the Lord's plans for your life and it aligns with what he says then it's nothing wrong with chasing your dreams yeah so it it was it was very interesting because then when she said that we kind of went back and forth for a little bit (laughs) like we went back and forth for a little bit and it was like we're exchanging these words but we're saying the same thing and we we were kind of arguing and just it it got bad it kind of got bad and then i sent her a voice message because we kept exchanging text messages and i could tell like there was some tension between us and so I sent her a voice message. I was like, yo, at the end of the day, like, and I didn't know her from a can of paint, but I was just like, yo, you're my sister in Christ. Like, it's all love. And she didn't respond. Why didn't you respond? Because I think, well, of course, offense had already arisen, but I think I just felt like it wasn't genuine, you know? Like, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is what I'm saying, and this is what you're saying, and I really don't care, and I'm right, regardless. And it really was just offense, just really offended by the entire conversation and offended that we couldn't even be on the same page with it. So how did that affect the did that affect the way that you looked at me? Yes, it did, Um, because I would so I would watch his story and I would see certain things and I would even like listen to his podcast. um, And just to know, like the conversation that we had, it kind of just reinforced what I had already felt, like this this person is so righteous. Um, this person thinks that he knows it all, where he's con- probably going around condemning people, you know, like just not able to be on the same page and we're literally saying the same thing. Um, so yeah, it really just reinforced what I had kind of felt even more from the things that had been posted. And so you felt this way about me before we had that? Yeah. I had like a view of you like oh my gosh like why does he why is he saying that like that's not love you know from just my own offense and I think from the conversation it just had reinforced it even more that's interesting it's funny how when you and I think it also goes to like even being careful with what you post on Instagram and the way you word things and even like when it comes to expressing truth like your verbiage your approach like beyond the information that you share being accurate and i understand like in the world a lot of people aren't held to that standard but as christians like not just what we say but how we say it like we're held accountable for like there's plenty of scriptures that talk about how we need to be gentle with one another how we need to be kind you know what i'm saying and so that's not just in speaking the truth but it's in the way or in the approach and how we say it um and i think it's also very interesting how 
you said when we spoke about this, you said that God would consistently remind you of the situation with me every time you saw me. Yeah. So even after, like, you know, of course, I would still like watch, you know, your story and I would still like listen to your podcast. But it would always be ringing in my head about that encounter that we had um, and just what it was pointing to and just knowing like, okay, God, like I have this view of this person, but I also know that there's some animosity there and you keep reminding me of that animosity, honestly. Yeah. That um that reminds me of that scripture where it talks about like leave your gift at the altar mm-hmm. and go reconcile with your brother if you know that he has an offense against you or you have an offense towards him. And um it was dope how me and Ariana came to this to the understanding that there was animosity because I didn't even know. And so, you know how like you just go back and forth with people on Instagram. That's what we was doing. And like we would, you know, talk sometimes on Instagram and we would just laugh about stuff and it would just be regular conversation. But I didn't even know about the situation that occurred when we when we had that exchange. Honestly, I I we we went through that and I forgot about it. Yeah. And then what happened was is she came to one of the Bible studies that I host with one of my bros and she brought it up and I was very, very confused. And I'm like oh and so when she told me who um when she told me what her instagram name was i searched her up and i looked at our dms and it showed that there was a little exchange you know i'm saying like between her and i and i didn't realize it was her at the time until she said it but i remember the encounter i just didn't know it was her and i didn't have anything to it but i'm glad that you spoke up because it was this it was kind of like i didn't know that you had this towards me in your heart and I didn't know because we didn't talk about it, but it's like if if we didn't talk about it, then we would have continuously been in the same group, running in the same circle, you know what I'm saying, and having, I guess, animosity, and I didn't know that. So what led you to bring it up in front of, because it wasn't just us when you spoke about it, right, there, were other, yeah. there were other people around us, so mm-hmm. what, I guess, really pulled on you to speak on it? Um, I think for me, of course, it's the Holy Spirit, but I'm the kind of person where, and just the way that God has groomed me, when there's issues and things that I know, God is not a God that's just going to allow that confusion to continue, and he's not going to sit there and let strife just keep festering, especially if you have the Holy Spirit. And I think even after having the conversations that we had during the Bible study, a part of me wanted to say, does he not know, you know, that that was us in the DMs, like, talking and kind of like arguing in a sense and towards the end I just kind of said you know what you know that was me you know that was having that conversation with you in the DMs and literally it was like the Holy Spirit just pulling on me to really speak about it because it's important in the body of Christ like it's how you start the conversation of unity and I think like that's what Jesus Christ wants in the first place is for us to be united yeah I think it's very interesting if I'm not mistaken that situation that occurred on Instagram was like over a year ago. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's just a reminder that we think that because something happened a while ago, that it's not as important or rele- relevant to the Lord anymore. Mm. When that's not the case. Like, this is something that, and honestly, even when you mentioned it to me, um, like, I apologized because I didn't. I didn't know what effect that could have had on you and I mean you were you were cool when you said it but I still felt convicted to apologize because um, I felt like it was necessary and I think it's also because you're a creative yeah and so I think one thing when it comes to the body of Christ and when it comes to um, understanding people's calls and the way that God expresses himself there's a lot of religion Mm -hmm. when it comes to God's expression when it comes to the way that God wants to make himself known and so specifically for you like i apologize because you're a creative and so when it comes to certain things we say in the church or certain expressions of god that we deem more relevant than others those who have a creative edge or a creative niche to them you know what i'm saying could feel left out or can feel overlooked or can feel like their gift is not as important is that something like that you struggle with a lot um sometimes I think like honestly like yes in being a creative like there's so many different ways that you know you can go about it and I think like 
when it cut when it when it came to like the dreams like that's what really offended me because I think I felt like well God has called me to do so many different things and there are so many different avenues that God wants us to go in as the body of Christ like you have people who are fashion designers you have people who create like you know as far as poetry and even like drawing and so to tell someone like hey you know that don't follow your dreams it can really crush their spirit especially if they felt like God was the one that led them to being creative and so I think that's why for me it was so much more of a fence and it was a time where it was like well I struggled with that like I struggled even feeling like in me being able to create fashion and and clothes and even like being a poet all of those things like is that even like what God wants for me to do or is that worldly like is that a dream of mine so I think like once I started to understand like no God does give us these things on our heart and he gives the desires of our heart as long as they align with him you know it's fine to like chase your dream this is how I felt yeah and literally it, it we said this in the beginning but like what you were saying is exactly what I was saying yeah like I literally said do not chase your dream chase God's dream mm. And you were saying, yeah, like I can chase my dream if God is the one that gave it to me. And it's the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like take take, for instance, like every gift. Like so say if I have the gift of prophecy, like it's still God's gift. But because he gave it to me, like I now receive it from him. So it could be the same thing, like any dream or aspiration or any desire that you have. Like if it came from God, like. Yeah, it came from him, but you are just now a steward of it, you know, say if I get blessed with a house like, yeah, like I'm the owner and I'm the one that is the recipient, but God still gave it to me. And so it, it that makes sense. But I want to touch on the scripture that uh, we were reading because um, we were talking about how we said the same thing. And so there's a specific verse or verses in First Timothy chapter. I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 2 verses 23 uh, through 26 and it says but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all able to teach patient and humility correcting those who are in opposition if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him and when me and Ariel, not Ariel, (laughs) (laughs) when me me and Ariana were talking about this, we were basically saying how, um, I was telling her about the definition of what it means to quarrel. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her how it blessed me because the definition of like on Google, what it means to quarrel is to have a heated argument or disagreement, typically about a trivial issue and between people who are usually on good terms. Mm, Yeah. And that really convicted me because it's like it even says like how the issue is trivial like this was not something you know what I mean? like we weren't arguing about the gospel yeah i guess it would be different if we were saying like jesus not lord yeah, yeah or like he didn't raise from the dead you know what i mean but it wasn't something that was like so so dire to the point where souls needed to be saved and things of that nature because it was literally just between you and me right and how it how the the um the definition talks about like two people being on good terms and it's like even though we didn't know each other technically speaking because of the work that jesus did we were on good terms yeah even if we never met each other like we would still be in heaven together when we died so we're on the same team we're a part of the same kingdom and so that's that's definitely a grievance to the lord when you know you have like a lot of people arguing and debating like that's why i no longer debate people i used to do that all the time Mm. And not even I'm not even talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians, people who claim to, you know, be God's child. Like I would debate them and get into heated debates and I would do it out of a place of zeal. Mm. Um, And I mean, like the Lord had to really mature me in that area. But it's like it's like God had to snatch me and be like, these people are on your team. They're they're not against me. You know, even how, uh, you know, the scripture where. Uh, the disciples came back to Jesus and said you know we saw men casting demons out in your name but they're not a part of us and Mm -hmm. so it's like because they're not a part of 
our clique because they do not roll with us in a sense it's like there's an issue but the lord jesus was like nah like let them let them flow let them work because you said that they were doing it in my name yeah yeah i think like just Honestly, I think it just goes back to our heart that Jesus is trying to like point to because I think even even in the conversation after, you know, hearing what Jesse was saying as far as, you know, I wasn't trying to be offensive. It was really just me having so much zeal and love for the Lord. In that moment, like I remember telling him, I see your heart and like that there is what I feel like God wants for us in the body of Christ that it is trivial. A lot of these things that we talk about and we argue about and debate about, they're very trivial. And it's not pointing back to the gospel. Mm. What's pointing to the gospel is to be united. And so I'd rather win my brother over than try to win this argument. Because at the end of the day, it's about us being united together to defeat the enemy. And honestly, like not even just defeating the enemy, but bringing people alongside. But how can I do that if I'm not united with you? Yeah. So... so like when so when we when we were talking and we were at my boy's house like i cried because when she was like i see your heart and stuff like that and that was like very personal to me when she said that because that was just something that the lord has already been dealing with me about like in regards to, i know i can be a little sharp sometimes i know i can just be you know very you know correcting and things of that nature but you know the lord has been dealing with me about how to correct somebody like because when you correct somebody, you now just have the opportunity to show them how what they did was wrong. And so your attitude when you are now in that place to be to, to move in correction, like it says a lot about your heart and your maturity when you exercise that ability to do so. And so like I when she when when we were talking and she was just like, yeah, like I see your heart, bro, like and it's all good. I forgive you. I just got really, really um, touched by that because I felt. The Lord was saying through her that he was pleased through my maturity and stuff like that. And also beyond that, it's it's just the basic principle, even outside of knowing people who are in God, but even just knowing people in general is like you can hear everything all day long. You could think whatever you think about people, but you don't know unless you actually get to know and yeah. have a conversation with them. Like how many times do we hear about people's mess mm. or hear about people's situations? And honestly, like. We don't know what they've done. You know, we don't know if they've spoken to God, if they prayed and the blood washes their sins just like it washes ours. Yeah. So it's like sometimes when we when we deal with people in the church or even people in the world, like we can carry this notion that there's a lack of redemption mm. due to a certain fault. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you feel like when we reconciled? I felt I felt like, oh, my gosh, like. I feel like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I think even a lot of times when, when God is like was reminding me of that interaction that we had, it was a weight that God wanted me to release and to talk about, like, you know, with my brother here in Christ. And I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder, but I felt like there was there was redemption. Because I felt like, okay, God, you you're working things together. Like the scripture talks about, you know, he works all things together. The love of the Lord that are called according to his purpose. Like he was working it all together no matter what. And I felt like this is this is a time where I can get to know like who this person really is. Um and God was able to tear down my perspective. Like tear down what I thought of him, what I felt of him and what God really saw of him. And honestly, that's been my prayer, like asking God, you know, hey, help me see these people how you see them. No matter how difficult it may be, help me because I don't have the capacity to do it. And I've been through too much in life to have the capacity to do it. I need you to help me. And honestly, it was just refreshing because Jesse's great, y'all. Jesse's great. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. But, um, you know, it's funny that you said that because I'm reminded of a story that happened to me so when I was in high school I got bullied a lot mm -hmm. and so one thing that irks my nerves is like when people don't and I'm not talking about joking I'm literally talking about like when people are ignorant mm -hmm. in the way that they talk to people yeah. and it's like you're disrespectful but you don't even know mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff like it used to get me so angry because like of how I used to get bullied and how I get used to get talked to well I was actually um I was actually watching Instagram live with one of my leaders at my church <clears throat> and he greeted someone 
and um, he just said hello I love you and things of that nature and I got so convicted because the person that he said hello to I did not like mm. and when he said hello to the person and he was showing so much love something in me something in my soul was unsettled mm. and the Lord was like you need to deal with that mm. my Lord and when I went after after the live the next day I called the leader and I was talking to them and I was like yo like there there's an issue in in my heart towards this person and I don't even think it's towards the person I think it's towards people like that person people with that specific character flaw because you know one thing I've noticed a lot in the body of Christ and I'm guilty of doing it as well it's like there's certain character flaws that we're willing to deal with versus ones that we are yeah. like we show more mercy to certain people who struggle with certain issues versus others and I think a lot of that is due to our own personal traumas yeah. so like for example I never you know I, I don't know but specifically when it comes there's plenty of flaws that people can have right you have people that can be arrogant you have people that can lie you have people you know it could be anything you know what I'm saying but specifically for me when it comes to people who talk outside of their neck that's just something that really gets to me because of the previous trauma that I had in my life and the previous hurt that I've had with bullying and stuff like that but all in all it was like the Lord was confronting me saying like this is a you issue mm. and when when God looks at them he doesn't see that like he sees it and he calls them to repentance but it's like Lord Am I looking at this issue or am I looking at this deficiency in this person the same way that you are? Yeah. And if not, that's a problem. Like I have this saying and the saying goes, if you and Jesus disagree, you're wrong. Mm, there it is. Because he's Lord. Yeah, definitely. I think like just to piggyback off what you're saying, um, you know, I've had situations where God is like, you need to reconcile, you need to reconcile. And there's been this animosity or like this frustration in my heart towards this person. And like you said, your soul's not at rest and you're just feeling this, you know, unrest in your soul. And I know for me back in January, I had to reconcile to a friend that I hadn't talked to, I think since about August, I was a, it was a message was sent to me and I didn't respond to it. I had painted this view of this person over time. And I just think I just kind of decided to do away with them. And that's another thing, like, as Christians, we're not called to cancel people, like, no matter what. But sometimes we do it because we let our offense get so strong that now you're canceling them. And canceling them, you don't even have to announce that you're canceling them. You're canceling them in how you are treating them and how wow. you are with them. Wow. And it can, it's like small things, like, you know, where maybe it goes from you, like, not watching their story anymore. And now you're, you know, not responding to their text messages. But now, like, that all that offense has risen, when you see them, all you see is anger. Like, all you see is bitterness because you've canceled them, honestly. And God points it back to us because it's what's going on inside of you. And so that's basically what he was doing in the situation in January with one of my friends. You know, we all were in a, a mutual space together and God would not allow me and her to just not have a conversation. And I came with the agenda of not talking. I didn't think I was going to talk to her. I was just like, well, I, there's nothing for me to say. I'm tired of this. And God would not allow that. And the way he orchestrated it, it wasn't me for he wasn't forcing me. He didn't force her. It just happened so naturally. We had a conversation and next thing you know, we started talking about our own issues and forgiveness was there and reconciliation was there because ultimately that's what God wants. But I think before you can even reconcile, you have to also see what you, your heart. It's hard to reconcile with someone if you don't see what you've done. Or even if you feel like you don't have a part, God still shows you, well, like you said this is coming from like past trauma or like you felt rejected in that or you didn't make me lord in this category so that is why i'm pointing it back to you as well yeah i think even when you were talking i thought about how it can really be idolatry mm. you know because you know we have this saying how we say like god is the potter and we are the clay and yeah. like what does a potter do like the potter makes and molds and like you know what i'm saying like it creates and it's like we have we, we already know the Bible calls us image bearers. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is like when we, like you said, paint a picture 
or try to form this person into who we think that they are yeah. when we don't even have the capacity to even do that because yeah. we're not in that place. And so it, it it's it's contrary to the Lord to be like, you know, God saying this is my image bearer, but it's like, no, this person's a liar or this person is a heathen or this person is terrible or this, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not to say that we ignore the character deficiencies, but it's like they are it's not their identity like so for example i could tell a lie to you right now that doesn't make me a liar you know what i mean like i can you know i i can i can do anything but i'm just saying like it doesn't mean that that takes root in my identity the problem is is when we're offended with people it takes we allow it to take root of who they are as a person as a whole and that's just not okay yeah and like back to what you were saying about idolatry like honestly you're idolizing your perspective i think like that's what god even was dealing with me and like you're allowing how you feel about this person and the view that you think is right you're idolizing it and now you're not only idolizing your perspective but even like idolizing your pain like you're Mm. worshiping this like because you're so focused on it and instead of taking the view of me instead of taking off the blinders and seeing what I see you're too busy worshiping what you believe and I think like that's even what God that's what God is dealing with us with all Christians like take off your perspective because even back to the scripture where it says my ways are higher than your ways because his perspective is so much higher like Mm. how can I as a person look at what someone is doing and say like you said oh you're a lot you're you lie you're a liar automatically I want to label you as a liar but God doesn't do that because his perspective is so much higher and so in order for me to do that when you have to tap into the Holy Ghost but like you really have to see like what is it that God sees about this person and then another thing if I'm still confused about who I am or if I'm not completely in my identity what gives me the right to think that I know who you are oh wow wow that wow could you like go into that more Mm. because like you said I'm sorry but like before you go into that there were a couple things you said that highlighted to me Mm. you were talking about worshiping your pain Mm. that is that that's a greasy topic right there because um Oh my goodness. You were talking about worshiping your pain. Could you just expand on like what that means and then like also the identity thing? Yeah. So like worshiping your pain, like this hurts so much that I'm thinking about it. Like I'm constantly in it's constantly in my mind. Like and it gets to the point where like it takes root of who I am. And like it becomes a part of me instead of accepting that this hurt me, but this is not me. Mm. This is what happened to me is not me. But instead it, it takes on the form of an identity for me. And so now like it takes on, okay, now I'm prideful. Like now I'm right and now I can't see anything else. All I see is my pain. All I see is my anger. Because honestly, when you're worshiping God, all you're seeing is God. All you're focusing on, what you should be focusing on is only God when you're worshiping Him. It's the same thing with your pain. If you're worshiping your pain, all you're seeing is your pain and your your tunnel vision. You can't see like, what is God doing on this side? What is He doing in the hearts around me? What is He doing in my heart? I'm just too busy worried about what happened to me and the offense that has arisen instead of worrying about, okay, God, there's more at stake here. I'm in pain, but you want to do more as well. Mm. Yeah. And what about the identity thing? <sighs> not knowing, you are saying like not knowing who I am. Yes. So when you struggle with who you are, like you're not completely firm in who you are. And you take on the identity of the world. Like you take on the identity of so many different things. So if I don't completely know myself and I don't completely believe like everything that God has said about me and I'm struggling with that, it's going to be difficult for me to then say who somebody else is. Even if I think that I'm doing it, I don't have a right to because I don't even know me completely. Mm. Like it's like you're it's like when you're going for a job and you're still the employee level and then you have the boss. You can't tell the boss like what it is and what it isn't. You're still an employee. You're still learning about yourself. Like even if you want to tell the boss that they're wrong, they're in a position of authority to know what they're doing and they've been 
doing it for so long that it's they're accustomed to it versus you where you are still figuring out some things. So it's the same thing like with your identity. You're still figuring out some things about your identity. So then you can't go around then trying to identify all these things about people and then say that's who they are. Because you don't know. You don't even know your own self yet to even make that claim about other people. And I had to realize that about myself. I struggle with my identity at times too because of how I grew up in my past traumas. And sometimes it's very difficult for me to hone in on what God is saying about me. And it's, it's making me say to myself, wait a minute, like, if you are not completely firm in you sometimes, you can't go around doing the same thing to other people. Wow. I'm reminded of the scripture, how it was talking about um, love your neighbor mm. as you love yourself. Yeah. And it, it um, I think, well, obviously there are a lot of things that are incorporated in love. But I think what you're saying correlates with that because what what that scripture is saying like your ability to love others is based off of loving yourself and so when we when we look at certain scriptures and certain commandments on how we treat people we negate that god is also talking about how we treat us mm. so like we for example the bible says blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy we think god is only talking about showing mercy to others yeah. do we even know what it looks like to show mercy on ourselves Jesus. you know what i'm saying edify others make sure that your conversations are positive whatever is true about others or whatever is noble think on those things pertaining mm -hmm. to other people yeah. we always think like as a man thinketh in his heart so is he all of these commandments when it comes to the way that god tells us to act or the way that we should portray ourselves towards someone like yes it's towards someone but it's not only towards someone yeah. it's towards me yeah. yeah for like one thing one thing god has been doing um for me is like i've been learning to in a sense counsel myself through situations mm. so like and, and don't get me wrong like i'm not negating therapy i think therapy is great i'm more so just talking about like there there's there's an ability and we talked about this yesterday but like there's an ability to where you can counsel people or you can give people wisdom when your life is a mess mm yeah but like why like why should we accept that mm. like why should we accept the fact that we're able to spew out wisdom from our mouth to other people that god gives us yeah but not allow that wisdom to work for us yeah so it got to a point where i'm like you know what i'm not gonna accept this so mm. what i'm gonna do is there's been times literally where i've locked myself in my room and i've prayed and after i prayed I talk to myself yeah. and I literally look at myself and I just be like, yo, Jesse, bro, like you don't like you don't have to think like this, like you don't have to let this perspective on this situation grip you. Yeah. And one thing that God has always been telling me is like, be sober, like sobriety, meaning like I'm not under the influence of anything else, mm. like outside of what's inside of me, which is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no other source that is influencing me not my offense mm. not my bitterness not my trauma and so like when it comes to sobriety and thinking of it it gives you a balanced perspective but that's just something i've been realizing a lot like the way we treat others is based off of us i've been evaluating a lot because for example like even when it comes to dealing with people's deficiencies like when i would be um, frustrated or angry with someone because they made a mistake it wasn't just towards them when I made a mistake at my like I got angry at myself yeah. when I did something incorrect I got angry at myself and I realized I'm like oh my goodness Lord like I'm projecting the way that I treat myself onto other people so I need to be educated on how I treat myself yeah I need to learn how to identify who I am so that way I can help people identify who they are. Like, why would you lead somebody when you can't lead yourself first? Yeah. Like, oh, the old saints say, get your own house in order. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just that that's very, very sobering that you said that. Um, and I think another thing, too, is like the maturity mm. like that occurred in the situation between us. Like, I think that was the that was the thing that I was really pleased about the most is like how we were both we were both very very mature about it like when we had a conversation like we weren't 
we just weren't coming for each other's character. Nope. There was no need to do all of that. Like, it was just sort of like, yo, bro, like, this got, it got really heated between us and this is something that occurred and it's been in my heart. Yeah. And then it's also like when, I, like, you're saying it from the perspective that was offended. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it from the perspective of also like when somebody brings their offenses to you mm-hmm. because you can mishandle that. Yeah. And so it's like now you have people who say like, oh, I was a I was offended with you and you bring it to them and those people that you like because in a sense you're exposing yourself yeah yeah like you're yeah. you're being vulnerable like mm. you're literally exposing yourself to this person who you you really didn't even know me like that mm. and I was in front of other people like and it wouldn't be my heart but I'm saying like there's people like that embarrass people when instances like that occur yeah. and it's not okay because you can literally say well why you get offended it wasn't that big of a deal to me or even like how when you don't even feel it's like God is testing God uses a lot of these situations to really really test our humility like can you I I believe I did something wrong but I'm saying even if I didn't think I did something wrong towards you like could I still apologize Mm. like or am I still willing to admit am I still willing to admit that there's a way that I could have gone about this in a more Christ-like manner. Mm. I didn't sin, but can I still admit that something should not have happened? Mm. Yeah. And like that even correlates to the culture that we have where it's like people are not trying to get, they're just trying not to touch the sin line. And so if I don't touch the sin line, then obviously I'm okay. Obviously I look like Christ Mm. if I don't sin, right? And I believe that's not truth. Like, I don't believe that's true at all. I believe that there is beyond, like, beyond that, there, there's a level, there's there's a place that you get in God where certain things just will not slide. Yeah. And some people may be able to go about it and say, yeah, well, this is who I am and I'm able to go like this. But certain people, I, I just can't, just can't get like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, oh, I definitely see what you're saying, like especially just to go back to what you're saying like can I still apologize like can I can I basically tear down my perspective and I think that's really what it is like you have to constantly be trying to crucify your flesh like okay God I didn't sin or I think I was right or God I don't understand why they're offended or if I did offend them why didn't they come to me but God is still saying crucify that like, that's the part of being Christ-like. It's not, like you said, it's not just the outward appearance. It's not just, okay, let me not touch this, the, the line of sin. Let me not have sex. Let me not cuss people out. Let me not get drunk. No, it's more to that because God is pointing to our heart. And it makes sense because, like, that's... God is so strategic because it makes sense as to why he had the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because if you would have had the Old Testament, you would have thought you could get away with a lot. But the New Testament is showing you it's your heart. Like, it's your heart. It's not just your outward appearance. It's not just your words. It's not just, okay, I I profess Christ. But what's in your heart? So I could be out here serving people, right? I could be out here praying, praying for people. But if I still have a situation that's going on, if I still have, like, some some anger towards someone or bitterness, like, God is not going to accept that. Like, he still loves me and he sees me, but he's not going to accept that. He's going to say, you, there's... That's what I want to deal with. I want to deal with what's going on in your heart. Not all these things that you're trying to do, but what's going on in the heart. And I think that's what we need to even stress, even as Christians. Like, it's not about your works. It's your heart. If your heart's not right, okay, good. Take it to God. Don't just, God, how do I do this and how do I do this? And even praying for ourselves. Like, that's another thing. When you were talking about um, how we treat ourselves, I had to get to a place in God where I learned to pray over myself too. I know that's right. Not just going out praying for my brothers and sisters. Yes, God wants you to intercede on their behalf. But oh my gosh, I can't go out here and intercede with the wrong heart. So God, work on me. God, help me. I've had to tell God, God, you know that I can get a really bad attitude. God, you know this about your daughter. But I need you to help me. I I need your spirit to go before me. You want to go ahead and (laughs) we take over. (laughs) Yo, because like it, and you know, I'm thinking of the scripture where it says like these people honor me with their lips, Mm, but their hearts are far from me. But their hearts are far from me. And and I'm 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 gonna take it here. Mm. I'm gonna take it. Come on, 
Take it there, Jesse. I'm gonna take it here. <laughs> I we go to an HBCU, mm. and I'm 22 years old. I've been black all of my life, mm. but I'm a, and I said this on my Instagram uh, story, but I'm gonna say it again. And I'm gonna do another podcast with somebody later on about this topic. But I will say that one of the God is a healer, mm. and His healing power is unlimited. And God has healed me from a lot of things. But what I am, what I'm grateful for the most, or what I am very, very appreciative of with the Lord when it came to His healing power was him healing me from people or healing me from the appearance of people who looked like those who were racist to me in my past. Mm. So I went to a, um, I went to a, basically an all white school. Mm. Um, I've been called the N word, Mm. Um, been called a monkey. I've had a classmate tell me to my face in class that he was going to lynch me and I remember when I first got saved I would negate going to any church that expressed themselves with contemporary music I would negate going to churches that had white people if the church was not majority black I would not go and when I say the Lord dealt with that and he did it quickly And this is one thing I know about God. And this is one thing I'm grateful for. I had trauma on top of trauma when it came to racism. But because the Lord confronted me about it and I submitted, he healed years of trauma within months. Mm. And to even encourage you all like who are listening, I understand it can be rough. I understand that it can be difficult. And don't get me wrong, like don't rush God's healing process for you. But also know that God's healing process is God's, mm. meaning he controls it and he controls the length and he controls all of it. Yeah. And so one thing I've noticed when it came to not just healing from dealing with racism, but also just healing from bitterness, healing from anger, healing from rejection. When you submit yourself to the Lord, he will work. Yeah. All he is asking for is a willing heart. But the reason why I say that is because... Um, when you were talking about like pain and um, when you were just talking about like pain and you were talking about like uh, worshiping your pain and things of that nature. And I remember one time, like I was just thinking to myself, like, and this is by the time I was healed and by the time I was saved and stuff like that. And I really like, you know, started growing in the Lord and things of that nature. But I thought about it and I'm like, yo, like what if somebody who is, white needs the word of the Lord and God places it in my mouth and I know for a fact that it's God and I stand there and I look at them Mm. and I walk past them Jesus you know like it's really crazy how our offenses towards certain people can really like it can block so many things Mm. and I think and I think how you said like beyond just having God's perspective like this is gonna hurt some people but take this as a sobering word but it's not about you Mm. come on it's it's not about you Um, it's not about you and I understand that it hurts and I understand pain is difficult but there is a healer and there is a deliverer that can handle any form of pain that you have ever encountered but specifically if your pain is related to a certain because i'm not just going to say it's white people there were people just in general like different kinds of people and like i said it wasn't just white racism was only a sector of bitterness that i had towards certain people like I said, racism, right? When it came to those who look like, you know, those who are of fairer skin, those are people that I was offended at. But I just told you, like, anybody who looks like or behaves like the bullies that I encountered in high school, yeah. I would be bitter towards them. Mm. Not because they did anything to me, but because they acted like people that caused me trauma in the past. So it goes beyond a skin color thing. Yeah. 
just different examples it's the same thing honestly just different manifestations of what it looks like but the point is is like when it comes to people in your past like or people in your past that have hurt you like who's to say god is not going to have you minister mm. to people who looked like that Jesus. and i'll even take it further i was prophesying and um I was literally I was literally prophesying to uh this woman and she was a white woman and I just remember like expressing God's love to her and how much breakthrough God was giving her through the words that I said. And don't get me wrong, like God didn't need me. You know what I mean? Like he could have used anybody yeah. but he chose me. Mm. Yeah. And and you know, even though I'm growing in the Lord, like those are still things that sometimes creep up in the back of my head but i'm i'm grateful because the the thing is with stuff like that the gospel is not limited to a certain kind or a certain flawed kind of individual it's for everyone so if the gospel is for everyone and we are messengers of the gospel right in the great commission jesus told us to preach the gospel so if the gospel is for everyone and it's unlimited that means we should be in a place to where our hearts accept and receive everyone Mm. and it's a simple principle but it's not as it's obviously not as easy as we make it out to be because we have people in our past that hurt us that demeaned us that degraded us that caused us trauma that embarrassed us humiliated us but like the problem is if we don't let go of this pain like you said we will we will move in tunnel vision yeah so even it's like it's crazy because it's like you're even when you're in a tunnel you're moving forward but you still can't see like Mm. you can't see what's around you come on like you don't like you said you you're only focused on what's in front of you or what you see and i mean in a sense that's good when you're disciplined and like you're consecrated and things of the nature but it, it can also be bad when that mindset is pertaining to like you said god's perspective yeah. and his people because it's not just only one kind of people it's not just only a certain kind of flaw that you have to deal with yeah. mm. it's all of them mm. and what does that go back to it goes back to jesus mm. right like he didn't say that somebody is less worth it because of what they deal with because that's not how it works he died for everyone and everyone is granted the opportunity equally to accept him so we need to align even our abilities our gifts and the things that god has placed inside of us in the same way that means if god speaks to me to encourage someone I should look at everybody yeah. the same way. The same way. That that is so powerful. I mean, because I'm reminded of the church that I was in a couple years ago and I never really had any issues with people who were white. I never really looked at them that way. I didn't grow up that way either. My dad never like had that going on. My dad he never okay. My dad, he never like made us feel like, oh, white people are this, white people are that. No, it was never like that. And then, you know, I came to the church and, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter thing was going on and George Floyd. And I just developed this deep hatred for white people. Mm. Like, I mean, I did not like them. And like to this day, sometimes when I see, you know, police officers that are white, I will not, I, I, I still feel a little bit of, you know, not animosity, but just a little bit, some kind of way towards them. And it's crazy because even me, like I grew up, I grew up non-denominational, um, but we, it, it seemed like very Pentecostal though, because we worship, but we would like shout, you see people mm. running around, you know all that, Ooh, the whole nine, running yeah. around. <laughs> Yeah, running around, shouting, speaking in tongues, all of that. Like you know, we literally would see that, and I grew up that way. But I came to this church, and it was like kind of the same thing, but it just wasn't as open. <laughs> it just wasn't as open. And later on, it felt like the church was 
kind of adopting this perspective of letting white people just not be in the church like just kind of shunning them even if that wasn't what they were trying to portray that's how it felt a lot of white people would not come to our church um it, it was at one point where at one one side of the service all the black people were there and on another side all the white people were there it was what? very it was very divided wow and i started that's why it's important to make sure like you know where you're supposed to be too because then you start developing things in your heart and so i started to develop this heart of like division like i did not I did not care for like white people like that. I was angry with them. I was mad with them. And then you know, like I said, the whole George Floyd thing came, and I was even more angrier. And I wouldn't even like listen to contemporary music. I would always tell people the same way: No, if it's not black, if it's not William McDowell, if it ain't Marvin Sapp, if it ain't none of that Tide Tribute, I don't want to hear it. I need gospel because mm -hmm. that was my gospel. I adopted once again my perspective, and I was worshiping my pain. And wow. then now I'm in a church where it's multicultural. There's Same. black, there's white, there's Same Hispanic here. people. I white, have white friends, all of that. And it let me know, like, God knows where I'm going. But I remember that God whispered to me so clearly when I got to that church in the sanctuary, like my first time there. And he told me that I was in a season of unity. And that there lets me know, like, that is what God wants. Like, he doesn't want us to worship our pain. Yes, it happened. But look at what happened to Jesus. Like, Jesus could have very well said, do you see what they're doing to me? They put me on the cross. Like, they, they did all of these things. He could have even been angry with God and, and literally just disagreed with everything. But he came in agreement and he submitted to God. And yet he still pushed past his pain because he loved us. And I think that's what God is trying to teach us. Like, yeah, it's painful. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, what they did was wrong. And that's not what I wanted for you. But I want to teach you something in this. And I don't want you to idolize your pain. Because at the end of the day, you're still called to do something so much greater than you know. And if you don't, if you, and it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, you kind of miss out on opportunities when you lay in your offense. That's really what you're doing. You're laying in it. You're basking in it. You're wallowing in your offense. You miss out on opportunities. And I was thinking that yesterday. Like, I told God. I said, God, had I not had that reconciliation with Jesse, all this wisdom that I'm getting from him, like, and even knowing him, like, the joy that he exudes, I would never know it because I'm too busy worried about my offense. And Jesse, he could very well have just stayed angry and not did what he was supposed to do, like pray for that white woman and prophesy to her. He could have stayed in that complex. But like God is calling us out of that. Mm. And it's not just like a black and white thing. Yeah. Like, I, and this, this is, I want people, and I'm saying that because I don't want people to think like this is too, this is a black and white thing. No, this is a heart thing. Mm. I'm only, I only use black and white because that was my offense. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with black and white. It's in a, it's, it's about if it's about something in your heart and even when you were talking about the story with Jesus and the cross like like when he had all of his pain and he was going through that like what was his response father forgive them for they not know what they do for they do not know what they do mm -hmm. that that was his response so beyond that he said Lord forgive them mm -hmm. forgive forgive them Ooh. that was his first initial response how many times in our life that when somebody does this wrong and what I'm saying is this I'm not negating your pain and I'm not saying your pain doesn't matter like yeah. it God is a healer but trust me when I, I say this confidently nobody on this earth went through anything remotely close to what Jesus did mm. my Lord this is Jesus and another thing too is he was perfect so even if you even if you say if you did get crucified, say if you did get tortured, you're a sinner. Come on. Come on. But this man was innocent. Innocent beyond any reasonable doubt. And he went through all of that. Yeah. So it's like this man who had like no wrongdoings. This man had no offenses towards the Lord, but he went through all of this. Yet his response is, Father, forgive them for we for for they know not what they do. Like he he didn't even know what it meant to offend God. He never stepped into that. Mm. He never knew what it meant to sin. Jesus. He had no idea. But yet he was still able to give compassion to people who did. 
yet we can't. Yeah. Yet we struggle mm. to do that. Mm. But we've been there. Yeah. And we're still there. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of us are literally still there. Jesus. Like, we're getting mad at people and we're getting bitter at people for our offenses. But we know good and well we were just disrespectful to someone mm. a couple hours ago. Come on. Come on. We know good and well mm. that we dishonored our mother and our father willfully. We know good and well that we dishonored the Lord when he gave us an instruction that we did not obey. Come on. Come on. Say that. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying? It, and it, like I said, this is not to negate your pain and this is not to make it a black and white issue. It's not. It's about offense. It's about your heart posture. It's about what what are you allowing in here? And I always say like, um, I say, Lord, make me a man of self-examination. Mm. And so I've, I've been training. You know how the Bible says, renew your mind daily. Mm. I train my mind daily, every single day. Like when I'm offended, when people get on my nerves, when people do something, my, my, my first response is not them, but Jesse. Jesse, what did you do? Jesse, what could you have done better? Jesse, how could this have worked? Are you sure it's only their fault? Mm. Are you pos? Are you positive? Woo! Are you positive? It, I'm telling you, God will heal your heart if you ask yourself these kinds of questions. Jesse, was it? Are you sure it's only their fault? Mm. Are you sure you did absolutely nothing wrong? Are you positive? I mean, there are instances where that's the case. So now I ask the Lord, okay, God, I'm in a situation where I didn't even do nothing. So what do I do with that? How do I handle that? Because the problem is when we find out we ain't do nothing wrong, we sit here and we try to cut up mm. and we move on our own accord. Come on. And that's that. why we step out of line. Jesus. We're, we need to ask the Holy Spirit with those kind of things. But then there have also been instances where the Lord has dealt with me and it's like, no, Jesse, you did do something wrong. Yeah. They offended you, but you also offended them. Woo! You yourself tweaked and could have acted better. And I always look at it as like, oh, Lord, help me. I always look at it as like literally just because God is our father. Yeah. My mom always told me wherever you go, act like you got some sense. Um, act like you know Jesus. We know how you know how me and your father raised you. I look at it as the same thing. Like and, and I think when you have when, when you when you conduct introspect, when you conduct introspection in your walk with Christ, you you make the church a better place. Like because when you keep pointing the finger you create excuses for yourself you create a lack of accountability for yourself like are you gonna answer to it's like same thing like you hold everybody else accountable but you don't hold you accountable Mm. remember how we were talking about earlier in the podcast like how you would like what you do towards others like it should be projected based off of how you are so it's like if you can't even be sober enough to hold yourself accountable to what you do and how you act and how you move what makes you think you can be sober to hold somebody else accountable for their actions yeah definitely. so that's why even before you even confront somebody it's like you pray and you ask the lord like yo god where am i at with this what do you think about me with this like am i moving in the way that you desire for me to move and i've just learned like when it came to maturity like and, and also even when it comes to like letting go, because I, I'm I've been grieved like a lot because I've seen instances where people try to like come and forgive and like that's still not enough. Mm. Like people try to come and, and it's like no, let me hold let me hold this above your head. Like let me make sure you know how bad you messed up. And I'm like, that's not God, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like not even a little bit. The Bible says he throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. So how in the world is it God to hold something above someone's head? Yeah. (laughs) That is so deep. Like, because when we were talking about the, um, the scripture of Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Literally, like, all I could hear are the words, like, Father, forgive them, and I heard redeem, and then, like, for they do not know what they do, and I heard compassion. My God. Like, God, forgive them, and then have compassion on them. Wow. And, like, that is what we don't do. It's like you said. Somebody comes 
and they're asking for forgiveness or even someone is asking for forgiveness on their behalf and yet we still decide to tear people down and we still decide to say things that are against God. God wants us, when he when we repent or we're repenting on somebody's behalf, God does not then, oh no, keep a record. He keeps, love keeps no record of mm, Oh wow. <laughs> so if God is love and we are to love, that lets us know God doesn't keep a record of what you did last night, three years ago, mm. the, the stuff you did. So it doesn't give us a right to keep a record of what people have done to us either. And it just really just points to the glory of God and like the power that God wants to manifest in us. But yet it is so hard. It is so hard because how do you sit there and have compassion on somebody that's hurt you? And, and then not even that they've hurt you, but what it's reminding you of. Wow. And I think what I've learned over time is like, God, the self-examination, because the thing that I ask God too is, God, show me me. My God. Show me me. Like, I know what they did. It hurt. But God, show me me. And that's a hard prayer to pray. Very hard. Because now you're saying, okay, God, I don't want to magnify my pain. God, even though it's wrong, show me what I did. God, help me to crucify my flesh. God, help me to carry my cross. That's basically what you're saying when you say, God, show me me. And God will show you you. He sure will. He'll do it in such a loving and compassionate way, but he will show you you. And it's just like, that's just important, but it's hard when you're too busy magnifying, like, what's happened to you. And, like, you don't want to see what it is you've done. And I, I like that you said that, you know, are you really sure that you didn't do anything? Nine times out of ten, though, because we are of a sinful nature, we did do something. Now, like you said, there are those instances where we're, we're, not, we're not wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, if we point back to our character flaws and we point back to the way that we responded to things back in the day and years ago, we can see, no, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Even, and it's, it's crazy because even when people do cause you pain and maybe you decide, like for instance, let's just say when people cause you pain and maybe you post something on Instagram, not maybe directly about them, but maybe the situation, the quote, you know, resonates with you. You're asking God to help you with that, but you're not realizing like, God, that's, you're showing me me. Because really, you know what you were doing. Like, you know where your heart was at when you posted that. You knew what the intention was behind you posting that. And I think, like, that's God. Like, God is not just getting to, okay, look, I know they hurt you. Yes, I want you to forgive it. No, he's getting to the intent. What is your heart really saying? Deep down inside, like, God, show me me. Honestly. My leader says, mm. the motive behind the motive. Yes. Come on. My leader says the motive behind the motive. Come on. Because the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Come on. Who can know it? And, mm. you know, one of the prayers that I've been praying is like Psalm 139. Like David said, like, you know, you are you you know my lying down. You know my getting up. You know all you know all of me. And I always say, like, search me, oh God. Mm. Like, that's my favorite part. But I love the last part, how it says, like, and lead me into the way of the everlasting. Mm. Meaning, like. If in order for you to lead me, like I can't see it, I don't have the capacity to find it on my own. I need you to lead me. Yes. I need you to speak to me on what it means to walk in the way of everlasting life. Mm -hmm. And it's such a humble prayer. And I think like this, this the main point of this entire conversation, like it it it, it points to really like humility, like mm -hmm. being willing to be wrong and like reconciling things that you know could divide the body the bible says a kingdom divided cannot stand and so like i've I, i've this has been an amazing you know situation for me and like you know ariana and i like we're real cool and like we had a dope conversation yesterday and like just like she said there's wisdom in me like there's so much wisdom in her and i'm excited for what god is gonna do but like the point is is like i look at my leader also said relationships are currency relationships are currency and like even these kinds of things like if there was no reconciliation there could be no friendship there you could miss out on something you know what i'm saying that that could take place because there there's there's a barrier that you've allowed 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that God allows. God will, listen, at the end of the day, like you said, or like we know, God will never force himself. Yeah. But he'll always tell you, like, yo, like, you should should go about it this way. And, like, it's not really a suggestion. It's a commandment. Yeah. But it, it's it's letting, it, it, he's letting you know that at the end of the day, this barrier that is between you and this person needs to be broken. Not even just because there could be an opportunity, but simply because they are my child. Mm. That's it. And even like when it comes to Jesus. the heart, right? Like this, it matters mm. because you hear, you hear certain scriptures, like so many scriptures about the heart. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Like even your, like your identity doesn't even come from your actions. Mm. It comes from your heart. Who you are is based off of your heart. So is he, meaning who he is is based off of what he thinks in his heart yeah. you even have scriptures um uh we talked about how the heart is deceitfully wicked there was another scripture about the heart i don't remember it but the point is is like the heart is like the foundation of everything and oh there we go thank you lord the bible says the, <laughs> the bible says if you hate your brother you're a murderer jesus yes, yes. so you know we understand that there are murderers in this life who do terrible things you know assault people and kill people and they do it physically yeah. but we're called to walk in the spirit mm. and so in the spirit if you hate your brother you're just as much as an assassin oh, there it is. as a terrorist here in the US and in our eyes we don't look at it that way but the problem is is we're supposed to look at everything through God's lens and what is hate Hate is based off of what has occurred in your heart first. So it always goes back to the heart. My God, okay. we've been on here for an hour and seven minutes. Ariana, is there anything that you want to say to the people before we close? I just want to say that when it comes to forgiveness and people hurting you, really just, I just want to leave, I just want to leave you guys knowing that like, when it comes to forgiveness and people hurting you, really asking God, God, still show me me. Asking God like to help you crucify your flesh because while it is wrong, it's not God's will for you to just hurt you, but it is God's will for you to understand what's in your heart so that he can walk through it with you. And that's what he's doing for me. And I just want to leave you guys with that. Like asking God, God, show me me. Even though they did that and this happened, show me me. That's really good. Show me me. Well, amen. Well, y'all, this is concluding another episode on the Christ Combo Podcast. Please stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be blessed. All right, y'all. What is going on, beautiful people? I appreciate the listening and the support to the Christ Convo podcast. If you received any form of insight on this last episode, leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, whichever source you listen to this podcast. I will be back for a new episode. Stay tuned. Be blessed.